0: Money FM 89.3, best of breakfast. Mind your business, only on Money FM
1: 89.3. Good morning, welcome to breakfast and mind your business.
0: And today we are talking about furniture.
1: How often do you change your home furniture?
0: Well, that's an interesting question. Let me think. Mm-hmm. It only, well, a bulk of the buying comes when I move in, right? That's right. And, and I expect I try to make the most of it. So, not once every
1: often. 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to furniture, there are generally two different types. Fast furniture and slow furniture. I suppose you go for the slow I furniture. think so. <laughs> it's typically made of higher quality materials and built to last for years, if not decades. On the other hand, fast furniture, usually made of cheaper materials designed to last over. Only a short time.
0: Yeah, so it's useful if you're buying stuff for kids, right? They kind of vandalize everything sooner or later, <laughs> so you have to replace them. So, there are significant downsides to fast furniture, such as cost and environmental concerns. Ironically, we pay more overall for fast furniture than when we buy quality pieces you can use for generations.
1: But the fast furniture trend, all this fast furniture, mm-hmm. they need to go somewhere, right? Manufacturing new furniture also adds to pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. So, IKEA, they are trying to do more to turn things around.
0: Yeah, so let's check in with them right now. We've got Corina Schuller. She is the Sustainability and Corporate Communications Director at Icano Retail IKEA. And this is a franchisee with 5,000 co-workers, 13 stores and 5 shopping centres in across 5 countries.
2: Good morning. I think your introduction shows the challenge we have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Karina, we shall leave the best for last, the menu later. We've been talking about meatballs all morning. (laughs) Based on your FY22 annual report, you implemented initiatives to promote sustainable living and minimize your carbon footprint, which included launching the first sustainable living campaign Do you think you can provide more details about that campaign? Yeah, sure. I mean, it started actually with market research that we did globally. First of all, that
2: IKEA did globally. But then also that when we looked into Singapore, for instance, in in 2021, the WWF did a survey that showed 75% of Singaporeans want to behave more sustainably. They are concerned about climate change and they want to take action, but they don't see the avenues to do so. And we wanted to make the point that sustainability actually starts at home, and it doesn't have to involve big grandiose actions, but small little things can add mm-hmm. up to a big change. So, our campaign was Start Small, Start Here. And the idea was to inspire people to join the movement in sustainable living by taking simple ideas at home and affordable products to make little changes. You know, start by making the switch to LED lights that use 80% less energy than traditional incandescent bulbs. You know, start by installing a tap with a nozzle that can use up to 90% less water but still give you a nice steady flow. You know, start by buying a simple transparent food storage container, store your dry goods in the kitchen so you always know what you have and you don't buy more than what you need. Take it to the hawker, save your leftovers. Really simple little steps that if mm. our millions of customers took those steps together, we think we could make a meaningful change.
0: That's right, Corina, every little bit helps. And- and based on your FY 2022 annual report, 86% of co-workers have confidence in IKEA's sustainability efforts. Could you expand into that and talk about what is fostering such a positive impact at IKEA? And of course, um, that's 14% of them who did not feel that way. What do you think are some of the gaps here that you might need to add more closely?
2: Hmm. Well, first of all, let me say this is something I'm very proud of because we took about a 10-point leap in the last two years alone. And starting around two years ago, we really changed up our governance structure. We introduced a board committee that elevated sustainability topics in our business and really set in place some concrete targets. And that put it onto the agenda of every one of our leaders. And of course, then that trickles down to co-workers at every level of the organization. So we took a big step up also at the same time then to really Really communicate and engage with our co-workers and get them involved in the last year we've held three big events focused on the three pillars of our strategies internally and really inspired our co-workers to take up digital learning offer to try out our products to learn about our products to taste our food the plant balls that are coming now that you're talking about meatballs we encourage people to try our plant balls we try mm-hmm. we encourage them to test out our LED range and to learn about our products. And we took them on tours also to see what we're doing behind the scenes. We took them to our rooftop to see our solar panels and to our recycling operation to show them what we're doing there. So that the idea is that everybody should know what we're doing as a company, should understand our product range and the benefits that it can offer in terms of sustainability and how they can contribute and how they can get involved. And many of them have stepped up and and are getting involved. And I think that's why we see these really encouraging scores in our engagement surveys.
1: Corina, we've also heard about your collaboration with Carousel to reward secondhand furniture sales and how both your employees and external customers, can you tell us how they can benefit from this partnership? I'm really glad you asked this because it gets back to your introduction.
2: Mm -hmm. We have to tackle this perception that people have that IKEA is fast furniture, throwaway furniture. We don't want people to see IKEA that way. Mm. Simply because it's affordable doesn't mean that you should take it to the bin when you're done with. We are working really hard now to Enable people to care for their products. We have a whole care range that's coming, and we already have things like toolkits and polishes in our store. But mm. we want to encourage people to care for their products, to repair their products, to refurbish their products, reuse, resell, or give it away. Don't take it to the bin. It's not throw away. Somebody can use that material. And in Thailand, as an example, we actually take the furniture back, and we will pay you with gift cards mm. for furniture mm. that you bring back into the store, and then we offer it at a bargain basement price in our circular hub. That was the bargain corner of our store was always called as is. And in Thailand, they named it the circular hub because they're trying to show people that we do have a circular way of working with our furniture, both internally, but also to give customers more opportunities. In Singapore, we don't have that take back option. So what we're trying to do instead is give our customers opportunities to buy and sell between one another. So Carousel is rewarding people who list, we are rewarding people who sell Mm -hmm. and that's in the form of IKEA family points and we're inspiring people to make those trades with one another.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering why you don't have that program in Singapore like you have in Thailand also encouraging second-hand transactions. Is there on some level some concern that it might cannibalize new sales at your stores?
2: I don't think we're concerned about that at all. We want Mm. our furniture to last. We want, that's our priority is to, to give people options to make the product last. And to show them that it can. And by offering secondhand selling, I mean, we're offering furniture that otherwise some people might not be able to afford IKEA yet. Mm. Mm. Although we're always trying to be the most affordable offer in the market, there are some people who maybe can't afford the new furniture in our store. So we see our as is section or the circular hub as a place where people can enter the store and find something that pretty much almost anybody can afford. So we're not worried about cannibalization. We are trying to avoid the backflow into our store in Singapore. So it does, of course, create a lot of operational hassle to take furniture back so that's why here we are opting for a more digital solution and we thought it's smart for customers to do peer-to-peer selling rather than drive a piece of furniture back to our store and then somebody drives to our store to pick up that furniture, why not enable them to trade directly and easily between mm-hmm. one another, which they're doing anyway already on Carousel. So what we've done here is just amplify the possibilities by creating like an IKEA platform within Carousel where it's all IKEA goods that are sold, it amplified the communication and and then actually rewarded people with family points for each transaction that they do there.
1: We're in conversation with Karina Schuller, Sustainability and Corporate Communication Director at Econo Retail, IKEA. Karina, I want to talk about how these deliveries are made. One global trend is reducing carbon footprint in terms of transitioning to electric vehicles. In your FY22, And report, over 83,000 home deliveries were made in EVs. Could you elaborate on the challenges you face while working with partners to roll out EV usage in all markets?
2: Yeah, first of all, I have to say, I don't think it's a trend. It's It's an imperative to reduce your carbon footprint, right? We can see that with the rising heat in Singapore and the smoke in New York City last week. Climate change is real and it's a reality already for us Mm. here today in Singapore and in many markets where we operate. We also see increasing, you know, intense weather events that have actually impacted even our own co-workers and certainly many of our customers. So we're really serious about reducing our climate footprint and making the switch to electric vehicles is just one of the ways that we can do that. This one area that we feel we have some control over. So it's one of the first steps that we Mm. took. And we started around two years ago. Mm-hmm. with Scogo x with two vehicles running out of ikea alexandra and today we have 18 on the road in singapore on any given day and that they're doing up to around 20 percent of our uh, total deliveries in in singapore today but when you ask me what are the challenges that we're facing it's still very expensive it costs our transport service providers a lot more to buy an ev and to operate with an ev today i mean the operational costs mm-hmm. are, are less but the the cost of bringing it on board raises their costs overall. And then one of the biggest problems that they face is also charging it, where to charge mm. it. When we start talking about 1820 and we want to double, we want to get to EV100 by 2030. And in mm. Singapore, I think we're going to get there much sooner. But then we start needing real Charging days, right? Lots of charging facilities. It costs $56,000 for one fast DC charger that could ha- you know, that mm. has two nozzles so you could charge two vehicles. That's a big investment. That's a big capital investment for our transport provider or for us at IKEA. So we really need to see Singapore coming through on that uh, SG30 plan with a lot more charging for our customers and for our transport partners. Yep. We need a lot more opportunities to, to make that transition mm. easy. And I think In other markets we see, in the Philippines, for instance, there's a lot more um, subsidies, tax breaks, and incentives for our transport providers. So it's instantly the smartest business
0: choice for them. uh, It doesn't
2: take goodwill. It's a a smart business choice immediately there.
0: Your latest report also shows amazing traction when it comes to sustainable products. 21 million of them being sold. I'm just wondering here, sometimes going green, you have to look for different suppliers. It comes with a trade-off sometimes, sometimes smaller economies of scale sometimes higher price tags. Do you think customers are ready and willing to pay a premium for going green right now?
2: You know, first of all, one thing that IKEA always says is that sustainability has to be for the many. It is not a luxury for the few. And we always try to make our sustainable alternatives as affordable or more affordable than the less sustainable alternative. If you take a look at the price of our plant ball, you'll find that it's less than the price of our meatball. And that's specifically designed by us in that way. So we don't want people to have to pay a premium at IKEA. Our selling point is that we're affordable from the beginning
1: So very quickly before we let you go how do you plan to introduce and promote plant-based food options at IKEA's Café? We have lots of options there.
2: 30% of our main meals today on offer are plant-based, and we aim to make that 50% by 2025. We're always going to have the Swedish meatballs that you love. Don't worry. The meatballs will be there. The chicken wings will be there. But we're going to have a lot of plant-based alternatives as well. And uh, we're working right now, actually, with our creative agency on a, on a whole communication campaign that will be for our... Um, inside our stores, but also on social and so on, to talk to people about the benefits of taking uh, plant-based food. For instance, our our plant-based ball is 4% the climate footprint of our meatball. And it tastes Great. I have it at home myself, and uh, we think if people try it, they might be willing to make the switch. So we want to talk to people a lot more about sustainable food choices and also healthy food choices, and we're going to get a lot more transparent about what's in our food, and we're actually taking it out for testing to see calorie counts and and get people all the health and nutritional information for our main meals, and we're going to communicate that properly and then really also talk
0: to people about
2: what the impact is when you choose plant based foods over meat mm. in particular, red meat.
0: All right, Ikea making a push not just in the stores, but also on the menus. We've been chatting with Karina Schuller. She's the sustainability and corporate communication director at Ecano Retail Ikea. Karina, thank you so much for your time this morning.
2: Thanks so much for having me on.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at
2: moneyfm 893sg or download our audio app.